Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have Netflix 215th film from 2020. It's the mystery drama Lost Girls directed by Liz Garbus. It stars Amy Ryan, Tamason McKenzie, Lola Kirk, Una Lawrence, Dean Winters, Miriam Shaw, Reed Burney, Kevin Corrigan, and Gabrielle Byrne. I'm Jesse, and for this episode, I am writing solo. So, we're going to talk all about this film. So this is your warning. If you don't want to know anything about Lost Girls, give us a pause. Come back a little bit later on, because I'm going to go into a little bit of detail all about this film, um, the true story that's behind it, and going to spoil it. So, um, Get ready because I'm going to start with the fast flicks where I do a quick summary of what the film is all about. So for this one, Lost Girls, it's about a mother coming to grips with the loss of her daughter and the implications of a possible serial killer. So let's let's talk a little bit about how this film sort of came together. And this is based on the book titled Lost Girls, an American, sorry, an unsolved American mystery by Robert Kolker, which covers the Long Island murders from America between 1996 and 2010. And unfortunately, it covers the murders of possibly more than 17 women. And as of today, 2022, as I'm recording this episode, these crimes are still unsolved. So I think, um, you know, based on that title too, the alternative title for this uh, film was An Unsolved American Mystery. It was filmed from the 15th of October 2018 till the 27th of November 2018. Um, Sarah Paulson was originally cast in the lead role of this film, and it was in May of 2018 that Amy Ryan replaced her, um, and Netflix jumped on board as the distributor for this film. In October of 2018, Tamason McKenzie dropped out of Top Gun Maverick to work on this film. Now, I'm not sure whether um, she regrets doing that, uh, now knowing how big a film Top Gun Maverick is. I think it's in the now jumped into the top 30 highest grossing films of all time. So, um, But, I mean, I'm not knocking this film at all because I think as we, we discuss a little bit further, this film does have a lot of important stuff to say. Um, so the story, it, it's based around the true character of Mary Gilbert, um, who, you know, loses... Or, has her daughter go missing um and her fight i guess against police against men to to try and get some answers um unfortunately mary gilbert in real life was stabbed to death um by her 27 year old daughter sarah in sarah's apartment building in new york in 2016 um and sarah was convicted of murder and sent to prison for 25 years so i think um a little bit of a a, a sad story here um mary the the real life Mary had three daughters in this film. It only covers, sorry, um, sorry. Mary has three daughters in the film and one more called Stevie. So we only see the three in the film. Uh, Stevie's not in this film. The the film sort of covers this this main sort of suspect, I guess. Um, and as depicted in the film, um, we sort of um, sort of get a bit of a, a an inkling as to who they think the suspect is, and, and as I mentioned before, we still don't have an actual person who's been convicted of this this these crimes. Um, the police do claim that Shannon, who was Mary's daughter, was not actually a victim of the serial killer that that killed all these people, though. So a little bit of a contentious issue. Um, Robert Colker, who's the author of the book, uh, gave a bit of a scathing review. Um, about sorry <laughs> i'm getting this wrong i'm getting this all wrong I, I guess i'm a little bit excited to talk about this so robert colgo was the author got 
an email from Mary in real life about the book. And um, Mary said, I can't believe all the lies that you wrote about my family. Um, you should be ashamed of yourself. How dare you write such trash? May karma slam you when you least expect it. <laughs> um, Kolka, the author of the book, had interviewed Mary for the book, um, and he doesn't know why she became so opposed to his book. So obviously, she wasn't happy with how her and her family were depicted uh, in his book, and um, you know, she didn't get the chance to see the film. So it would have been interesting to see what her thoughts were on this film uh, as well. This premiered at Sundance in January of 2020. Um, also played at the Miami Film Festival in March of 2020. Uh, before it hit Netflix on the 13th of March 2020. It was filmed in and around New York. It made that reframe top 100 most popular narrative and animated movie list that we've seen quite a, a bit with these 2020 films that we have been covering. Um, translations around the world for this one. In Poland and Russia, it was just called Missing Girls. And in Taiwan, it was called The Missing Girl, The Long Island Murder Serial. So obviously ties in all the, the things that we've spoken about already. What are the critics and audiences saying about this film? Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, sits at a 74% on 62 reviews. That means it's actually certified fresh, so quite positive. Audience has it a little bit lower on 51%. That's more than 250 ratings on IMDb. Sits at a 6.1 out of 10, pretty high on a bit over 22,000 ratings. And on Letterboxd, sits a little bit under that magical three number we speak about on a 2.8 on 17,500 ratings. But it has been logged by about 24,500 people as having seen it on Letterboxd. On Netflix, I had a 55% match, which is extremely low. Um, it's not very often that we get Netflix matches on films that we look at. 55% uh, would be extremely low. But let's see what I actually think with my early thoughts. And... Uh, I think Amy Ryan, who plays Mary in this film, she's absolutely amazing. This is her film to own, and I think she does it. I think it's the story of a mother dealing with life and the things that are thrown at her, and I think this is well worth a watch. So I'm coming in on this with a very positive spin because I did enjoy this film. Um, let's talk about the characters in this one. So I've already mentioned Mary, who, who's the mother, who's trying to work out what happened to her daughter, Shannon. Uh, she's, she's this single mum who's absolutely struggling working multiple jobs, fighting hard to get extra shifts. And as I've said a couple of times already, this is her story. Um, it's her struggle for closure um, and self-blame for what happened to her daughter, Shannon. And, and she's up against this system that doesn't want to help her or provide her with any answers at all, as well as it covers her journey in life to be a good mother. And, and what does it mean to be a good mother? And, and what regrets might you have along the ways with, with previous things that you've done in life? Um, I mean, and this sort of stems from the fact that she had to give Shannon up early in life um, for, for adoption. Um, but, you know, she's her first born child and means so much to her. And we see this like in the film where she constantly is watching this VHS tape of Shannon in this talent show. Um, and we, we sort of talk, need to talk more about her daughters to her other daughters. Um, Shannon, obviously, the opening scene of this goes missing, so we don't get to see much about her. It's about the journey of finding her, but Shree, the the next eldest daughter, is played by Thomason McKenzie and really impacted by the truths, I guess, that she learns, not only about Shannon, her sister, because she obviously looked up to her. She called her diva. She was like this role model that she looked up to, but also probably more distraught and disappointed in the lies that the mum, Mary's sort of carried through her life to sort of keep this 
picture-perfect image of Shannon alive for her to look up to as a role model. And it's a very interesting character, um, Sheree. The other child, Sarah, who I mentioned before in real life, who actually killed Mary, unfortunately. Um, not really in this film too much, but there are sort of little mentions throughout to sort of build up on this strain that Mary's feeling um, with the medication that Sarah needs and, and the me mental instabilities. Um, we hear early on about suspension at school for setting fires. And she's really there as a character um, to reflect on that, you know, like I said, she did foster Shannon out, but as a mother, she's older, she's more mature, she understands her responsibilities as a mother and, and has kept Sarah around and is fighting for her, even though there are difficulties there. Um, the other sort of main, I guess, protagonist in this film would be that the police officer or, or um, person who works for the force, Dorma, who's this cop, he, he almost feels, feels overwhelmed by this case. He, he wants to help, but appears to need Mary's persistence to take any action. Um, you know, he's so close to retirement or being pushed towards retirement that he doesn't want to stuff this up, but at the same time, there's not a lot of effort there in his persistence and sort of helps with that commentary of the police force that we'll probably talk about a little bit later on. Uh, the only other people... I, I'll talk about Peter Hackett um, because, you know, this is the, the guy that the film sort of sets up to be the, the murderer, um, and the film leads that way. I think um, everything I read about it led that, that way. This is who Mary thought was the murderer. Very cocky sort of dude. Gets away with whatever he wants, I think, from what we can see from this character. Um, and then the last person I'll touch on is Kim, who, who's this sex worker that sort of gets involved in in the, the, the families of these victims. And um, she's a sex worker who is almost put there so we can have sort of a redemptive moment for Mary. Um you know, Mary couldn't save her own daughter, Shannon, but she could try and save Kim. So that was probably the one part of this film that felt a little bit off. But other than that, um, that's that's our run of the characters. And I'll talk a little bit about the director here. So Liz Garbus, mainly known for doco work and a lot of true crime because this is her narrative feature debut. So 61 documentaries that got a credit for. Director, sorry, 61 credits as a producer, 38 as a director. The big ones that you probably know would be the one on Netflix called What Happened, Miss Simone?, and then also the the um, Love Marilyn, which has sort of been resurfaced a bit recently with the the Marilyn film that was on Netflix called Blonde recently too. So sort of transitioning into a true crime feature isn't a big jump, and I think she's done an excellent job uh, with this one here. All right, time to talk about some scenes. Let's talk about some scenes in this one. Ones that that stood out for me, I think. Um, in the film, Mary, the mother, she's putting up these missing posters of her daughter, Shannon, um, and especially sort of hounds in on, on the police station and this outburst that she has at the, the police officer, Dorma, telling him, you know, that she's going to raise more than hell that he, more hell than he can handle and telling him not to call her prostitute again. Just a really, really strong performance and really strong motives in, in what a mum wants to do to protect her daughter. Um, later on too, Mary rocks up with her sort of mum group. Uh, to the gated community where where her daughter Shannon was last seen, and they're all walking the street, and you know there's a, a call to police about them sort of trespassing, and the police are there within 12 minutes, and it's a really good reflection on earlier on where we hear that it took the police more than an hour to get there when Shannon actually called from that same location. So really, really impactful scene. Um, and then there's a scene later on, obviously lots of investigations happening and, and there's sort of um, investigators on the beach with metal detectors searching for bodies. The, the lighting, it's really grey and hazy and just a really dreary, gloomy feel um, of, of dread. Um, so I think that was really good. 
the the best scene of this film was between uh, Mary and her daughter Cherie, and um, the dialogue was like you know the, this argument between the lies that Mary had been telling Cherie about Shannon, and and she didn't realize that she'd given her away for adoption, and she sort of says you know you gave her away, you lied, you said that the state took her, and then Mary's response was just as powerful. It was like what was I supposed to say? I couldn't get help for her. I did everything in my power to help. She was a bipolar mess took her to the doctors that I couldn't afford, medications I couldn't afford, I couldn't just stand to watch. Um, and then she finishes off a little bit that, you know, I was just a kid. And that sort of is so impactful, a young mum not knowing what to do with the daughter. Um, and then to finish off a little bit too, how, how Cherie feels so left out because, um, you know, she mentions, you know, Shannon might be gone, but I'm still here. She feels so neglected in this this persistence that, that Mary is chasing and trying to find Shannon that, that, you know, I'm the daughter that's still here and, and being neglected. So really powerful scene. And then the, the last sort of thing I'll talk about that was powerful too were, were the final scenes where they find Shannon's wallet in those marshlands and um, Mary and Cherie, you know, they see the body and they sort of say, we're going to take you home, Shannon. And then the camera sort of reverse zooms up into sort of a crane shot. It was just so sad and impactful about, you know, we'd spent a lot of time with this this family trying to find answers and unfortunately they, they weren't the answers that we wanted them to see. Um, there's nothing in this that, that really annoyed me um like i mentioned before kim the sex worker probably felt a little bit out of it but nothing really to say that that really i disliked so let's talk about some themes and some ideas that this film was trying to highlight and the big one in this is about motherhood and sisterhood and the pain of not always being there um for your your child or for your family especially when needed um and we see this with the group as well that that mary and and sheree join of of all the people who who have missing people or, or family who have been taken by this serial killer um and that leads into the inadequacies of the police you know like i mentioned before they, they arrive over an hour after an emergency call you know failed so many people and there's no accountability for the mistakes that are being made we're, we're seeing lives on the line here um and also through the police and and through the media too the, the media sort of um sensationalize these stories and and to get viewers and news bad derogatory nicknames rather than siding with the families of the lost ones and and they add this to this stigma of sex workers with the authorities the police not caring about them so who's going to make sure that they're not forgotten and and finally finally this this is a very strong feminist film um this sexist culture of a, a male dominated world with victim shaming that i've mentioned You've got these Facebook groups of the mothers and the girls pushing against the incompetence and the privilege of the men in these these powerful positions. Um, you know, they might try to dismiss Mary, but they they weren't going to silence her. So, lots of really good meaty stuff in this film, which I thought was done really well. Um, what did I take away from this one? I think that this this isn't really an uplifting film at all. Um, it, it's quite dreary and, and heavy and. It's sad to think that there's this many innocent people that lost their lives and then there's still no arrest in real life or real closure for for the families. It does. It makes me so disappointed and a little bit heartbroken for these people. Um, IMDb. We have a segment where we, we discuss whether we jumped on IMDb to, to check anyone out. And for me, I, I checked out Cherie, Mary's daughter, um, played by Thomas and Mackenzie. It's the girl from Jojo Rabbit. I, I honestly would never have got that. Jojo Rabbit is an excellent film. Love that film. Think it's fantastic. And um, yeah, so... In, in that film and once I saw she was in Jojo Rabbit I was like oh why did I not get this so fantastic um some questions that I'm just going to pose I <laughs> don't know if I have answers for it but you know this is that that debate I guess that with the police sort of ruling that Shannon the police have said that Shannon wasn't killed by the serial killer um I don't know whether that's them sort of um putting out an excuse as to to not 
taking accountability for it but you know do you believe that shannon was killed by the serial killer or as the police say what did she just drown um as she was running off and it was just the investigation into these when they found these other bodies that led to her being found i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure i think that there's a lot of cover-up here from the police force um which is a little bit sad and the the other thing i, I just like what was the aim of this story was it sort of to entertain was it to inform was it to persuade us for a point of view towards the police force or was it to inspire action for people to sort of further investigate this crime and and try and solve it themselves as we see a lot there's a lot of internet sleuths around these days trying to trying to solve crimes is that what this film's trying to do um because i think it's a an excellent film but it's not necessarily an entertaining uplifting film um which i've, I've already touched on anyway so i'm gonna wrap up my thoughts on this one now where we give the film that we've looked at a rating out of five and and for me i mean this this is well worth a watch especially for this character study of of mary who's a mother doing what she can for her kids but also facing those tough challenges and everything going on in life i think as i've said too a great performance from ryan um it is a very bleak movie though but i'm giving this a three out of five so if you're keen to check it out jump on netflix um if you can follow us on all our socials as well we do put a question up on our social medias for the week and the question i wanted to pose for this week is uh like did you know or hear about these crimes at the time to me this is i i watch a lot of true crime i listen to a lot of true crime podcasts I'd never heard of this story. Um, so I was surprised that I hadn't heard of it and sort of intrigued to read a little bit further and, and dig a little deeper into how how is this, you know, this isn't some, a crime that happened in the 1960s. This is something that's happened in the last 20 years. So how is this still unsolved? I'm, I, I'm flabbergasted, to be honest. Um, but I think we're finished with uh, with this film for the day. I think uh, we're ready to move on to next week because we are back next week. And next week, the, the genre is switching up because we've got a Japanese anime from 2020. It's called Altered Carbon Resleeved. It's directed by Takuro Nakajima um, and Yoshiku Okada. It stars the voices of Tatsusha Suzuki, Kenji Yamachuri, Rina Sato, and Ayaka Asai. So if you're interested in this Japanese anime, jump on board next week. We'll be discussing that. As always, thanks for listening along. Please do give us a shout out on socials with anything you've got to say about this episode, and uh, we will see you next week.